Come on. Welcome to Life Play. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful John Strelacki. John, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. John is your writer, traveler, a ponderer. He is the author of the many, many time best selling number one book, The Cafe on the Edge of the World. And he's the author of the Big Five for Life series of books as well. John, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Yeah, thanks, George. First of all, great to be here. Great chance to talk to you offline and now online. And uh, I'll be very brief about myself because I'd love to talk about what you feel is going to be most relevant for you and your listening audience. I have a very strange background. Um, I'll give you just a couple of the highlights. Uh, I, as a kid, looked at life and was like, seriously, this is the way it works. Like you, you grow up, you go to school until you can't stand it. Then you get a job that you can't stand. And then you work until you're 65. And then you finally get to retire. And even as a little kid, I was like, this seems absolutely insane to me. Um, so I clearly did not fit the mold of everyday society. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to be. So I decided that after watching Top Gun, I should go be a pilot. Uh, little tip for everybody out there. Do not make your career choices based off of individual movies, especially Hollywood blockbusters. Um, had the, uh, I was on a great track to do that. Found out I had a medical condition, which would not allow it. After I had invested all of my life savings from the time that I was 12 years old in that dream and uh, ended up backpacking around the world twice, almost getting killed twice in freak accidents, uh, coming out of all of those experiences, became a father, which is the greatest thing ever to me, uh, wrote a book that was intuitively streamed through me over 21 days, which is now in 43 languages and has sold over 4 million copies and is being turned into a movie. There's the 30 second version. I love it. So we were talking about joking about growing up in cold weather climates and then going on vacation and you're at the beach and you're like, wait a minute, looks like there's people that live here. Why are we not, why are we not doing that? And then you sort of look around and you're like, wait a minute. And you said it so, so beautifully, you know, we're in school till we hate it. And then we hate jobs and we wait for as long as, as, you know, until 65, until we have the life that we want. And I feel like a lot of us are just carried along by that current. It's just kind of what we do. Um, and maybe it's a function of, we just don't know that we can do something else. We don't know the right questions to ask. We don't ask those questions. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I remember, like I said, seeing what seems to be the insanity in the system from a young age, but I didn't, I thought I was the only person looking at it and thinking this seems kind of crazy. Uh, and so I was asking myself the question, which is why am I here? Like, what is the point of this whole endeavor? I've been an athlete my whole life. And one of the first things that you learn when you take on a new sport is, okay, how do you play? Like, what are the rules? What's the, the parameters in which you operate and how do you win? And what struck me even at a young age as odd is that there is no manual for life like that, like, or nothing that was presented to me at least, uh, and that's maybe the way the whole system works. You, you at some point have to discover the insanity to ask yourself the questions to then try and figure out like, what are the parameters in which I'm going to set for my life? What are the rules of the game and how do I win individually? Cause the answer might be totally different for you or me. Interestingly, cause we were talking offline about this. Both of us discovered, you know what, where you're born doesn't have to be where you stay. And so since you're going to spend your 28,900 days somewhere, might as well make the decision to go to a place that makes you at least comfortable every day. 
you mentioned two um, <clears throat> or or several life threatening accidents that that, that 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 you have, and you have this 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 genetic condition or physiological condition which which didn't allow you to become a pilot. Does sometimes it take some kind of a an experience like that to wake people up to start asking those questions? Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, mine happens when I was so I I'd had the dream of being a pilot uh, when I was about seventeen, like I said, but I had been saving my money for college because we didn't have the means to to pursue that for a long time since I was twelve, and so I'd invested all my life savings in that dream that it was gone. Looking back through the rearview mirror, I see that had I have become the pilot that I thought I wanted to become, I wouldn't have become the writer that I am. And I'm much better serving my purpose by being the writer that I am. So I think one of the takeaways is the ability to ask the question, huh, I wonder why this is happening. And in the midst of lousy situations, that's not necessarily so easy to do. In my younger days, especially in that moment when I found out I couldn't fly anymore, it was more like, this is bullshit. Like, why is this happening to me? Uh, it's unfair. I worked super hard. It's not something that I picked. I didn't screw up, uh, but that really gets me nowhere. And so a much better question is you can use the same words, but reframe it in the way that you say it. So from a place of curiosity, huh? I wonder why this is happening. And when you look in the rearview mirror, sometimes you see it's actually guiding you to a path that is more in alignment with who you truly are. Uh, but maybe you didn't have the life experience to know that at the time. And that was certainly the case with me. Um, the two other accidents, uh, I was uh, on my path already, but man, oh man, you get very close to death. And it's a really good reminder of the preciousness of life and how each day, each minute is either going to be used as like a throwaway or it's going to be something cool, something special. Yeah. 28,900 days. You know, I'm, I'm fond of saying that we don't, there's only 50 weeks in a year. So you only have 50 Saturdays, right? So we really want to maximize that. And growing up in the Midwest, you certainly appreciate a nice summer day better than when you're living in Arizona or Florida. Right. So talking about what are, I, I and I absolutely love, um, I grew up playing sports too. So need to understand the rules and then, okay, how do I win? So yeah. that's what I'm interested in doing. I'm interested in, in, in winning at whatever game that I'm playing. So I think that that's amazing. And when we're talking about what are the rules of my life, I, I, I get it. How do you help like coach people through like, what are the parameters, family, time? There's so many different things. Yeah. So I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid. I think one of the first things that comes to mind when you ask that question is knowing your numbers. And so if you say, what are the numbers? How do I win the game of life for me individually? And you look at that and you say, well, I would like to be at 17 little league games this summer. That's one of the key numbers for you. If you say, I want to take my family on a 10 day vacation twice a year, that's another key number for you. And what is interesting to me is that there's very little training for this also in terms of life. Like I went through all of my university experiences, got an MBA from a top school. Nobody ever really asked me what numbers would make you say this was a great year. They talk a lot about the financials and that's all great, but it's like, what are you going to do with that money that creates a special memorable moment in your life? And uh, what I've discovered along the way is that if you allow yourself to map out these things and then you work backwards and you say, well, what kind of income do I need to earn to, to create that reality? It just changes the game. It's it, it shifts the mindset. It shifts the way you approach life. And I, I don't know exactly the way it works, George, but in terms of the game overall, there seems to be a cosmic algorithm running through these things. And I'll give you a very simple example of this that I've noticed in myself. 
if I sit at my desk all day and I wish that I was spending more time at my kid's little league game, but I'm sitting at my desk for 12 hours a day. Uh, in the same way that if I get on Google and I type in purple cows with pink polka dots a thousand times, that at some point the algorithm is going to start giving me pictures, stories, news briefings about purple cows with pink polka dots. It appears to me as I survey life that there is something equivalent going on. And that if I sit at my desk 10 to 12 hours a day and I think to myself, oh, I wish I was at my kid's little league game. But the universe is watching me sit at my desk 10 to 12 hours a day. It says, well, I don't know why he's doing that because look, his back hurts and wants to be at his kid's little league game, but he's dedicated to that desk thing. So, uh, you know, since he's a creature of free will, I'll give him more of that. And it just seems to me that as part of the algorithm of the game, our actions end up creating the reality of opportunities that we really want. And so if we're not demonstrating what we want through our actions, it just doesn't seem to happen. To the contrary, when you draw the line in the sands, and this is about knowing your numbers, it's amazing how the things seem to happen in alignment with that. I can't explain exactly the way it works, but I've noticed the trend so many times. Uh, I'm convinced it's there. What a wonderful way to think about that. Certainly, we're all aware of the algorithm. And when we start searching for things, the algorithm gives it <clears throat> gives us more of that thing. So why wouldn't it be the exact same for our actual lives? And I mean, have you, have you noticed that in yourself? For you sure. Any example? Okay. Like I'd yeah. love to hear an example. So I'm not the only one thinking I'm crazy with this stuff, but it's that life rewards action, not, not just intention, right? Mm -hmm. Like I need to have good intentions, but you know, that's the path to hell is laid with good intentions. You actually <laughs> need to, you know, actually get to work and start moving it. And when you're doing that, you're demonstrating and showing whatever the universe or how people want to think about it, God. Um, yeah. And then you're rewarded with more. Yeah. I, I'm happy to hear you say that because I, I firmly see it around me. I see it in my own life. I see it in the actions of others. And that's powerful to know that there is something helping create this with us. That it's Because I grew up in an era where it was sort of like the John Wayne or Dick Buckus of football, where it's like, you just push harder. And you know, don't get me wrong. Action and effort is what creates results, whether you're writing a book or whether you're building a business. What I've learned is that it's not just about trying to break through the wall a thousand times harder doing the exact same thing, but there's actually a flow to this game if you allow yourself to tap into it and figure it out. And I think the algorithm is a piece of that. That's for sure. That's been the, the hardest thing for me is to understand you need to let things come to you. I would hear that mm. forever. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. You know? <laughs> Give me a hammer. I'm going to go smash that thing. I'm going to totally. go through the wall. Nothing will stop me. A la Dick Buckus, John Wayne, whatever. Yeah. And it's probably just been the last couple of years, um, probably through the podcast, honestly, and having great conversations with people like you that they like, okay, well, John's a smart guy. He's had all these wonderful experiences and a ton of success. Why wouldn't I you know, look into this a little deeper. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that he's, uh, that exact feeling that you're describing. I remember sitting in an audience watching a guy on stage and he was talking about the way in which you think your thoughts and the beliefs that are building upon those thoughts or, you know, driving those thoughts and the word choices that you use impact your reality. And I was at a lower point in my life. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh, that's such a bunch of bullshit. Like easy for you to say, Mr. Best-selling author. And I didn't have the 
cognitive awareness that you just described that you have of saying, well, wait a minute, <laughs> maybe the reason he actually is successful is because he's implementing these things. And I had to get out of my own way uh, and get past this. Just I'm going to beat through the rock a thousand times to at least try some things that seemed way outside of my comfort zone. And then, Hey, if it works great. And I'll give you a super small, super easy example of that. I, uh, I used to be, this was all the time when I'd be driving, I'd be driving, I'd get to a stoplight and I'd be find myself drifting back to a moment from my past, either in business or some other aspect of life that didn't go well. And I would be replaying the conversation, but I would be perfecting my side of the conversation. And finally, one day I was in my truck and I noticed this and I was like, this is like the greatest waste of time ever. Because the only way I'm going to go back 20 years and have that conversation again, but do it so much better this time, is if I invent a time machine. And if I do that, I freaking am not going to use it to go back to that moment. Like, I'm going to go see something uber cool. Like, and so I was thinking to myself, well, what would be a better use of my time? And I had listened to a podcast and a guy talking, a very famous author, talking about his strategy of writing down 15 times a day, just a single thing that he wanted in his life. And at first he used it for dating. He was like, I saw this girl and she was totally out of my league, but I was like, I totally want to get to know her. And so this, and he, he told this funny story and I was like, you know, what the hell I'll give it a try. And so as I'm sitting in my truck, I was like, I'm going to come up with something that I want my life to be. And I'm just going to repeat it while I'm sitting in my downtime. And I got to tell you, George, I was about four repeats in and my brain was off in la la land drifting. So it took me about 90 days before I literally would pull up to a stoplight and I would default to this thing. This has been an absolute game changer in terms of mastering the algorithm. I can't tell you how it works. The only thing I can tell you that I think is the way that it works is much like we talked about the Google algorithm. Maybe our thoughts and our actions are sending out a ping. I used to be a pilot. And so there's a thing where you send out a ping that says, here's where I am and here's what I'm focusing on. Maybe there's something that exists in the underlying energy of the world, but man, oh man, this was something that has been an absolute game changer. And why not? Because I was just wasting my time in the truck anyway. And why not? What a powerful thing that is. I, I'm a thousand percent guilty of going back to those conversations from 20 <laughs> years ago and rehashing them. Yeah. So it's just a very, very human thing to do. And it doesn't serve us. It has absolutely zero benefit um, and yes, if you did in fact have a time machine, what a moronic thing to do to go back to that, but maybe I would even, who knows? But it, yeah, it, exactly. So selling 4 million copies, that's, that I imagine is, it probably feels great, but it's somewhat surreal or you're expecting eight and you'll be there soon. How do you spend your time now? What is it? What does a regular day look like for you, John? Yeah, this is the crazy tie it all together story elements of it. And that my dream, like, why did I want to become a pilot back when I was 17? I wanted to become a pilot because I knew that they got to travel and they got to travel. They got free airline tickets and they also got a lot of time off because they could work a three day shift and then back it up with another three day shift. And then they have four days off after that. And then they could back that up with the four days off and then go back on for the three, three. So I was like, wow, I don't know of any other career where you get to have free airline tickets, you get to travel the world and you get a lot of time off and you get well-paid. That was the other thing. 
Um, and that shows you how completely clueless I was at the time, because there's what I've learned since then is, of course, there's many ways to have that reality. I've backpacked around the world twice now, once as an individual uh, out there doing my thing, once with my family. And I could do it for $40 a day to go see the world, travel the world, experience all these amazing people, cultures, and animals. And I didn't need to have an airline pilot background to go do that. I just needed to have enough money to pay for my ticket. <laughs> and that was sufficient. And so the life I get to live now is a life way better than I dreamed of. I get to do cool discussions like we're having here. I get to do something that is much more in line with my purpose, which is thinking about these questions that I'm struggling with, trying to come up with answers, and then releasing that information to the world and hopefully helping other people along the way. And I'll tell you, George, I, I never thought in my entire life, especially the way that I was raised, that someone would ever say to me, thank you, you changed my life. Every time I do a book signing, I have the great humbling experience of people walking up to me and saying, thank you so much. This changed my life. And sometimes those stories are so powerful that it just, I can't even tell you the degree that it humbles me. I had a 17 year old kid write me a letter. I'd signed a copy of a book. Uh, I met her mom. She said, would you sign a copy for my daughter? I signed it to her daughter and using that same sort of intuitive like energy thing that we're talking about. Again, I'm not saying I know exactly how it works. I'm just saying I get the sense it's there. So she said, here's my daughter's name. Would you sign a book for her? I signed a book for her. I get this beautiful letter in the mail. She says, I'm 17 years old. You signed this book. You met my mom. I've been in and out of hospitals for the last two years with an eating disorder, trying to figure out my life, trying to figure out the point of life. I thought I was so alone asking these questions that you're asking in this book. And for the first time in my life in a long time, I want to live because I see that there is more to life. That is way better for me than having been an airline pilot. Like I don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with being an airline pilot. That's somebody else's like dream reality, but this is way better for me. And I get to do that every day. So it couldn't get any better. Oh, amazing. I love that. Yeah. And I guess that's the takeaway. And, and this is what I love about your show and what you do too, is you're helping people realize that just because we didn't come with an owner's manual doesn't mean that you can't figure this stuff out. And it doesn't mean that you can't find yourself in Arizona. If you don't like Minnesota or in Florida, if you didn't like Chicago, or, you know, if you're an accountant and you're working for a company that you hate, but you love backpacking, then at least go be an accountant in a backpacking company. So there's options to move our life so that we're more aligned with who we are and what we want to do. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, John, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Where can they get a copy of Cafe on the Edge of the World? Yeah. So everything that I write is available through Amazon, which is, I mean, most books are bought through there these days. And so they can just do a search on my name or on the title of the book. Also, you can go to my website or via social media, which is johnstrelecki.com. So that's J-O-H-N-S-T-R-E-L-E-C-K-Y. And uh, yeah, now we write some stuff, some stuff that doesn't quite make it into the books, but I have an interesting thought or idea, like all anger is a manifestation of fear, for example, small little thought provoking moments. And I'll write that stuff and I'll just put it on my blog. So yeah, if there's something that caught our interest in our conversation today, definitely check it out. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show John your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Pick up a copy of The Cafe on the Edge of the World at Amazon and John's other books as well. And you mentioned you're working on a movie, John? Yeah. Yeah. That first book that you just mentioned, The Cafe on the Edge of the World, uh, the movie's in progress. Script has been written and uh, casting has begun. So yeah, looking forward to it when it comes out. Amazing. 
And then go to johnstrelecki.com, J-O-H-N-S-T-R-E-L-E-C-K-Y.com and check out all the great resources and John's ponderings. Thanks again, John. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.